in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. the show just bg and i tonight uh for really a recap of, of a great minnesota sports week bg i mean this is as good as i can remember and the t-wolves are still playing as we speak in, in their home opener in their season opener rather um it was a 30 point lead when i shut the game off it was down to 14 with like a minute to go bg how are we doing now yeah, it looks like we're going to win by 16, 17, or 18. We're up 16 now with 18 seconds, and Bulmero is going to the line for his potential first NBA points, the first rounder from last year. So um, oh. I just got the update since I'm streaming it. We ended up winning by 18. He hits both free throws. Beautiful. Wolves 1-0, and not like it, it's a very impressive 1-0. I mean, they looked impressive tonight. Edwards looked impressive uh, we we're going to start with football. Let's just start with basketball, BG. Let's start with the Wolves. Uh, first game of the season, obviously against a rebuild Rockets team who was looked terrible tonight. I, I watched about two and a half, three quarters of the game, uh, and the Rockets were just sloppy with the ball. And some of that was just Josh Okogie getting in the lane, the, the passing lanes. He was doing that all night. I mentioned to you that he probably had 20 tip passes tonight because I think he did. I mean, he was very active. He only had one foul. Um, at, at least when I shut the game off with five minutes to go and, and then the announcers were talking about that, like for the amount of activity he showed on the, <clears throat> on the defensive end to only have one foul was, was awesome. And Edwards 21 points in the first half, he was stroking it from outside and the wolves just look a lot better defensively than, than we've seen in a long time. And I'll tell you what, two and a half quarters for me <clears throat> is probably an all-time record in the last year of, of Timberwolves basketball that I've watched in a regular season, at least since we've had Jimmy Butler. I mean, yeah, I haven't watched. I was surprised watched. when you said that you were watching it. <laughs> yeah, I never watched the Timberwolves. Uh, I just don't enjoy their games that much. But it was a fun game to watch tonight. They looked good on defense. They were making some shots from the outside, moving the ball a bit. Uh, it was a fun team to watch. Yeah, it was a super fun game to watch. Obviously, um, just being the first game of the season, it's always excited or it's always exciting to get into a new season and watch your favorite team play. Um, but to see the Timberwolves up 27 at half, obviously the Rockets are not a good team. They're going to be bottom of the barrel yet again this season. But to be up 27 against any team, especially after one half of basketball, is very impressive. And it was good to see uh, guys scoring that should be scoring our big three playing really well uh, with Towns, Edwards, and Russell. And um, Edwards actually had 24 at half, but they were talking about it. They were late to put his late three in on the box score. So they thought he had 21 points as well. But I mean, 24 points in the first half playing 19 minutes is pretty incredible and a great way to start off your sophomore year after being snubbed at rookie of the year last year. Um, so it's, it's really fun to see him going right where he left off, but then just getting those touches on the defensive end and putting in the effort like we saw from Josh Kogi, like you said, from Malik Beasley sprinting back and um, stealing the ball and sprinting back another time and getting a great block on a guy going up for a dunk. These are plays that Malik Beasley would not have done last year. And it's sweet to see uh, in game one, we're already doing that and looking really good together. And all of that is without Patrick Beverly tonight, who's probably got the most energy and most effort in the entire NBA when it comes to defense. So um, looking forward to 
uh, the further advancement of the early season. I know we go to New Orleans back to back, giving us a good shot to start three and zero. And I'm just ready for the Wolves to be better and better um, year in and year out with the crew we have now. Yeah, and they mentioned it on the broadcast tonight, but the Wolves start with seven of eight games at home and a a couple of them against some not great teams. So, I mean, the Wolves have a good chance to get off to a hot start and definitely good to see Cat tonight uh, playing like we would expect him to to play, you know, much more active on defense. He was a factor down in the low post like he's been. Uh, Some nice drop steps in there, some nice and ones uh, from Cat, and he looks trim. You know, they've... They've talked about it in the media, the local media at least, and on Twitter how much weight he's lost. Uh, but he looked cut tonight. He looked good. And I'm, I'm excited to see what Cat can do now with this healthier, younger, like seemingly younger-looking Cat. Obviously, he's not younger, but, you know, we, we hope to see some some reward from, from him losing, you know, 30 pounds or whatever it was. And he looks good. And I, I'm excited for this Wolves team. Maybe I'll watch maybe more than 10 regular season games this year, BG. <laughs> uh, but I... As of now, I'm still a little hesitant because, you know, it is it is NBA basketball, and I don't, just don't love the NBA in the regular season. But, you know, if the Wolves are good, that could change everything. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I was watching the NBA, I guess, two nights ago now for the opening night where they had the Lakers versus Warriors and Bucks versus Nets, and I just could not get into it. Even though it's supposed to be great players on those teams, I was just like, huh, I'm not really excited about this when I'm watching it. Um, but now turning on the Wolves – that Minnesota team, my team, seeing them play it, it's got me excited for Wolves basketball. But beyond that, I don't know how much of the NBA I'm going to watch this season like you. Just college basketball to us is on a completely different level. Yeah, and especially this time of the year. I mean, college isn't going, basketball-wise isn't going, but with fall to football and everything, I mean, during the week, I guess, we don't have football on, on Tuesday and Wednesday nights, but when there's a Thursday night game on or a Saturday night college football game on or a Sunday night football game on, I mean, I'm almost always deferring to that, even over Wolves basketball. But, hey, if the Wolves start like 5-0 and and they're looking hot, and you know, I could get into them. I could get into them. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot of highlights this year based on how we're playing defense and the athletic guys we have in our team that can get out in transition. So um, whether we watch all the games or not or just catch the highlights, there's going to be a lot to – look forward to and I'm, I'm really excited just to see how how better they do compared to last year yeah one last note about the wolves they said on the broadcast tonight that glenn taylor and his wife uh go to every single wolves and Lynx game and obviously they're they're changing ownerships now they were there tonight there um uh, courtside and they said that on the broadcast and i was just thinking like there's no possible way they do that because the announcer <laughs> i don't even know who the it's jim peterson and i don't know who the play-by-play guy is but the play-by-play guy said uh, something like, I didn't know this until tonight, but uh, we were talking to Mr. and Mrs. Taylor before the game, and they were telling us that they come to every single game, and they one of them drives up the way up, and the other one drives on the way back down. They live in Mankato, so it's like a 90-minute drive or so, they said. Uh, but there's just, I'm calling bullshit on that. There's no possible way that they're at every single game. Like You're telling me in February when it's negative 20 out, the Wolves are – 19 and 45 that they're going to that game there's just no possible way that the billionaire glenn taylor and and he's pretty old too is driving 90 minutes to see a terrible basketball team play a game uh so i'm calling total bullshit on that 
Well, and when I was watching the game tonight, they showed him, like you said. And I feel like that's maybe the only time I've seen Glenn Taylor at a Timberwolves game. Like, I feel like they always show uh, the, the NFL owners, like the Jerry Jones of the world, they always show them at the NFL games. I've never seen Glenn Taylor shown at an NBA game. So no. I'm with you. And I'm, I'm assuming they're saying every home game. Right, every home every game. Every home and away game, right? Right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but definitely, yeah, very – very shady there. I'm, I'm going to call bullshit on that. Uh, let's move into football. Let's talk Gophers. Uh, first big win over Nebraska uh, to, to really start off a, a great weekend for Gophers and the Vikings. Uh, but finding a way to win 20 to 23 uh, after Nebraska scored a late touchdown. But I thought really the, the game changing thing in that game was the offensive line. They dominated that Nebraska defense. Uh, the front four and or front five and sometimes front seven with the jumbo packages they seem to love to bring in uh, on this Gopher team this year, it was dominant. They, they were absolutely dominant up front. They were making massive holes uh, for, for our running back by committee, but it was Bryce Williams and several other guys. But it was just ginormous holes that we were running through against Nebraska, and that really, in my opinion, led the way for this Gopher win. Uh, and now we got a good chance against Maryland, and with Iowa losing, that's going to set up, uh, you know, some opportunity for us in the Big Ten. BG, we talked to Andy about it a few weeks ago. He was very high on Iowa. He's now in Europe. Uh, didn't get to watch the game against Iowa. I talked to him today, but uh, not quite as high on Iowa now. He's all he's all Packer <laughs> talk, uh, of course. After an Iowa loss to Purdue over Fair the weekend, fan. yeah, exactly. It was Purdue, right? Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Gophers look great, in my opinion. Big-time win at home over Nebraska. Yeah, you know, I was unable to see any of the game on Saturday, which was disappointing because it sounded like we played great. But from looking at the box score, I could tell that the Gophers aired out the ball a little bit more, or maybe a, a lot bit more than yeah. we have been doing thus far this season. Um, and it looked like Tanner Morgan had at least 20 completions and his completion rate was really high. So that was good to see a dual-threat offense because we know we can – pound the run game no matter who our running back is because we have good depth at running back and we have an offensive line that is huge and can just pull those people especially when you get an extra um, one or two offensive linemen out there but to see Tanner Morgan <coughs> excuse me the senior um, go out there and perform like we know that he has been able to that's really good and when teams key in on us that's we're going to need that down the stretch especially if we want to go out and big the wet uh, win win the West, which I think we can do now that we've beaten Purdue and Purdue beat Iowa. Exactly. Exactly. I like that logic. Um, but yeah, Tanner Morgan, good day. I mean, the, I thought the play calling was much improved this week. Uh, there was a good mix between the run and the pass. There was some good first down throwing that Minnesota football Vikings and Gophers included never do. They never throw the ball on first down, but they did in the Gopher game a few times, at least in the first half. Uh, Tanner Morgan, pretty good day. Two picks, two touchdowns. Uh, his two touchdowns, I thought, were both great throws uh, to Brown Stevens in the in kind of the front left pylon, and then to um, I think it was Ottman Bell. Yeah, it was Ottman Bell in the back uh, back corner. It was just kind of a fade ball, but two really good throws from Morgan. He's, I mean, it, it's kind of been the, this way for the last two years now after that breakout season in 2019. But he's just shown some flashes where it's like, okay, that's the 2019 version of Tanner Morgan that we saw for really the entire year. The guy who doesn't turn the ball over, the guy who doesn't make boneheaded plays, and, and the guy who can make some really big time throws when he needs to. 
And that's what we saw for most of the game. There was some boneheaded plays at times. There there was some wildcat. They brought it in Kramer. It's not really a wildcat because he's a quarterback, but they, they call it a wildcat. Kramer came in for a few plays uh, down the red zone, a big fourth down touchdown to start things off uh, on the first drive of the uh, of the game. It was, uh, I think it was to Brevin Span Ford, big tight end, kind of ran a little read option, threw it over the top to him. Uh, but, yeah, I thought the gopher offense did did enough. I mean, it, it was, we were pretty thankful that Nebraska kicker had a rough day, he missed an extra point, missed a field goal. Uh, he almost missed another extra point, and that was really the difference, um, or at least a big difference in that game. What else do I have from Gophers and Nebraska? Really nothing else on my NBG. Uh, we got Maryland next week at home. Maryland's not great. Uh, let's do a little game here, though. What do you think the line for Maryland-Minnesota at Minnesota next week? Uh, you have it pulled up right now? I do. Okay. Um, I don't really know anything about Maryland other than you saying they're not a great team. I'll say... We're minus well, six and a half. Okay. I like it. I like it. I'll give you some more uh, numbers, but they're four and two. So I guess they, they don't look terrible on the, okay. uh, the sheet though. Uh, they've beat West Virginia, Howard, Illinois, and Kent state all besides Mer- besides Illinois. They were all blowout wins, but yeah, I don't know how good West Virginia, Howard or Kent state are. I would imagine pretty rough. They got blown out by Iowa. They lost 51 to 14 and they lost 66 to 17 against Ohio State. Six and a half, you sticking with that? No, I'll go eight and a half. Mm, I like it. It's surprisingly only a five point spread for Minnesota. I know I kind of talked you into huh. to that eight and a half after you said six and a half. I talked to you the wrong way. Uh, it's a five point game. So we're not getting quite the respect uh, maybe we deserve, but maybe we don't because we did lose to Bowling Green at home. So. Uh, maybe Vegas has got us right, right in a good spot, and they probably do. I expect Gophers to win that one though, and probably cover too. Yeah, I think I might have just talked myself into betting the spread on that game since thought six and a half and eight and a half would be all right spreads for the Gophers. But yeah, it's. I hope we bounce back, especially at home um, after a good win, like you said with Tanner Morgan being consistent or the lack of being consistent. We just need that out of the Gophers football program right now, um, being consistent down the stretch, because that's how we're going to have any chance of making a run at the uh, league championship. And we've got good wins against Purdue, good wins against Nebraska, but can't have another Bowling Green at home. Certainly cannot. And Purdue now ranked 25th in the country, at least in the 18th. Oh, I didn't poll. see that. Yep, at, at 4-2. and two. So, hey, we'll take that. I mean, at least, uh, at least we beat them, right? Yeah. Um, let's take a look. I'm going to just look at the standings here for a second. So it's just Michigan and Michigan state and Ohio state, but they're all on one conference, the big or all on one side, the East, they're all undefeated. Then it's in the big 10 West, the standings three and one for Iowa, two and one for Minnesota, two and one for Purdue. Those are the top three in the West. So yeah, very much still alive in this big 10 West race. And it's going to come down to that November 13th game. Uh, in my opinion, at Kinnick. Uh, who who's going to win this Big Ten West? Is it going to be Minnesota? Is it going to be Iowa? Um, BG, any thoughts from around college football? Any other games you saw or anything you saw on Twitter that you want to bring up? No, I don't think I have any. I haven't really been watching a good amount of college football 
this season for whatever reason. But um, I guess the only thing that's coming to my mind now is uh, I'm still happy that Spencer Rattler doesn't have a job and he's the backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about this? Did you see Tennessee Ole Miss um, end of the game Sunday night or Saturday night football? All the fans throwing their bottles and, and yeah. golf balls and mustard cans and all that stuff on the field. I saw that, but I didn't see. Uh, I saw that. I saw that they got the university got fined mm-hmm. pretty handsomely, but I didn't see the reason why they started doing that. So it was Tennessee had the ball and it was a fourth down play. They spotted them just a hair short of the of the first down. It was a good spot in my opinion. It wasn't even really that close, uh, but I think at that point they the Tennessee fans wanted to beat Lane Kiffin in his return to their stadium really. And they wanted to beat him so bad that they just lost their minds and they just started throwing shit on the field (laughs) and it caused a 20 minute delay in the game. I I believe they evacuated the entire student section from the stadium or at least the the people (laughs) they found throwing stuff. I wasn't watching. I just was watching on Twitter, uh, some highlights and stuff from it, but I believe they evacuated at least a majority of, of the students who were throwing stuff at on the field. And, and there was, it was coming from everywhere. I mean, it wasn't just the student section. It was coming from all over the stadium. Uh, but Lane Kiffin got hit with a golf ball at, at one oh. point and it took about 20 minutes for them to clear the field off. And the funny thing about that is Tennessee ends up getting the ball back with, I mean, this happened, I don't know, minute and 30 seconds left in the game. They throw all the junk on the field. Uh, it is a 20 minute delay. They clear out a bunch of fans. They, they they clean the field off. Tennessee ends up getting a stop, getting the ball back with a chance to win the game. And at, at that point, you know, what can you do? There's already been so much commotion and so much chaos in that game. I mean, you can't really expect them to go down and drive drive the field and win the football game. But they, And they didn't, and they end up losing the game. But, you know, if you maybe just hold your water for a few minutes there, Tennessee fans, you might be talking about a comeback win uh, like the Minnesota Wild last night. You know, a, a crazy win that you never would expect. But if you can just wait out that final minute and change, uh, you never know what's going to happen. Let's talk a little Vikings, BG. Big time win over the Carolina Panthers on the road in overtime. Kirk was fantastic, uh, at least in my mind. I, th- I thought he played a, a great football game. We get back to 500 before the bye now, and it was really a great performance. I think highlighted by... Christian Darisau in his first start at the tackle position, ranking third this week in pro football focus out of all the tackles in the NFL. Big time week for Christian Darisau. And I think you got to really build around that. And, and the fact that we get Dalvin Cook back, he runs for a, a buck 40. The play action comes back alive. And the Vikings offense right now is just clicking on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, we had over 500 total yards against one of the best defenses in the NFL throughout this year so far um, dominated them through the ground and dominated them through the air. Kirk, like you said, had an exceptional game adding on to his Kirk Tober legacy. And I mean, if we're just beating a dead horse here, but when he has time in the pocket, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He is so accurate. Like on that overtime touchdown throw to Osborne, he just puts it on a line with a defender close by and puts it in a spot where only his receiver can get to it. And, you know, it's just not one of the throws that's talked about, but he is so good at putting the ball where it needs to go when he has time. And like you said, Darisaw really, really stepped up. Um, I forget how many snaps he had, but he played the whole game. Didn't allow a sack, 
just like our entire offensive line that game. Kirk Cousins didn't get sacked, which I don't know when the last time you could say that. Um, but Derisaw, he only allowed one pressure, too. I mean, that's a pretty damn good performance for your first start in the NFL against one of the best NFL defenses. So that was really encouraging. And, I mean, it speaks volumes when we can go up and down the field when we need to, like at the end of the fourth quarter and in overtime, and put up 500 yards on the Panthers. And it was also really encouraging to see Breland step up and have his first good game as a Minnesota Viking. Um, obviously, that first play of the game, he gets an interception, which was just awesome to see. But he got thrown at six times, and they didn't complete a pass. And I don't know if it was because Breland had exceptional coverage or if the quarterback was Sam Darnold. Probably a little bit of both, but I'm glad we saw our young guy, Darisaw, and our new guy, Breland, who is supposed to have a big role by the amount of uh, snaps he's gotten thus far, really step into their roles, and hopefully we can build off that uh, with this bye week, and Breland especially is going to have to, uh, as well as Dantzler, with Patrick Peterson out for three games. Yeah, I'm happy you brought up uh, Prashad Breland. Interesting stat that I heard today, and I haven't fact-checked this, so we're going to have to confirm this with with Davis Kim next time he's on. Uh, but over the last three weeks, my dad told me, he heard this on KFAN today, that Breland is the, through the last three weeks, so so disregarding the first three games of the season, the last three games of the Minnesota Vikings, Breland is the fourth best corner in PFF's rankings. Wow. <laughs> Which is a dramatic turnaround from 112th out of 112, or it was 109 out of 112 corners through the first three games he was he was ranked. So, I mean, bottom of the barrel, nearly dead last. And I know there was one week where he was dead last, 103 out of 103. I think that was week two. Uh, up to fourth through the last three weeks. I mean, a dramatic turnaround for Brashad Breland, and you hope he can just keep accelerating that now with another, another week off, another week to learn from Mike Zimmer in this defense and figure out a way to, to get a little bit better. Uh, that being said, Patrick Peterson now uh, listed on the IR with a hamstring issue. They said it was a cramp early on in the game. And I, uh, again, they were talking about this on KFAN today as well. This will be the first time Patrick Peterson's ever missed a game with an injury, which is insane, which is absolutely crazy. But this will be the first time. And he, he said, when his hammy went out, he thought it was just a cramp. And I mean, you would expect that for a guy who's never missed a game. And I don't know how many NFL starts he has, but a lot. I think this is what his ninth year or something like that in the NFL, maybe more. Um, and he's never been hurt. You would expect a guy like that who's just somehow find found a way to to miss the injury bug at every step of his career so far in the NFL to assume that was just a hamstring or assume that was just a cramp. And that was the reports early on in the third quarter of that game when they were getting from the sideline reporter or whatever. Uh, but it is a hamstring injury. He is going to be on the IR and miss at least four weeks now, three games for the Vikings. Um, so they're going to have to have somebody step up, and maybe it's Breland playing a little bit better. Um, and then having Cam Dancer just hop in on the other side and, and pick up right where Pat Peterson left off because he's had a fantastic start to the year, and we're going to miss him for the next three. But – you're going to have to have some guys step up. And I feel fairly confident in this defense. I mean, they didn't have a great showing against Carolina, uh, but things are coming together in my opinion. Yeah, I just looked it up. Patrick Peterson is in his 11th season 
He's played 160 career games. Um, so that's just absolutely insane, especially at a position as athletic as a cornerback where it seems like guys go go down pretty frequently with having to tackle those running backs and those DK Metcalf-type receivers as well as make cuts and just have that quickness. To, to have that be his first missed game due to injury and first time on IRs just – I don't know. It's unbelievable. I don't know what's more unbelievable, that or that Breland stat uh, you threw out going back to that. It's one of those stats that you hear that's so impressive that you think that it's got to be wrong. Um, And I feel like I'm kind of on that side right now. So we'll we'll have to confirm that with Davis Kim for sure from going to 109th to fourth. I really hope that's true. That's awesome. And um, if that is true, I should probably stop talking so much shit about him. But yeah, they're going to have their hands full regardless if we had Patrick Peterson or not. Um, after the bye, we got the Cowboys. Um, don't know if this is the exact order, but Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, and Packers. Um, three of those four, all four teams are really good offensively. Three or four of them are going to throw all over us or at least try to. So um, Breland's going to have to step up. Dantzler is for sure, as well as others. But, yeah, it's coming together week by week. And I'm hoping we can just have a win where it doesn't come down to the last drive and um, raise our blood pressure so often. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how it's it's been. We haven't had that runaway win yet, and that's not really the Mike Zimmer forte. We haven't had a lot of those in his era. Uh, at least when we're playing teams, we should blow out. We just seem to always find a way to to be in a close one with with teams like the Detroit Lions and and so on. But, yeah, you're right. It is a tough schedule. It's We go Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers. I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, that's going to be tough. It, it, the Cowboys game, Halloween night at home, I expect the Vikings to win that game. I mean, that's going to be a raucous, ruckus atmosphere on a Sunday night football game on Halloween. I mean, I, I fully expect the Vikings to win that one at home. Then they got the Ravens. Oh, no, they got the Ravens on the road. That will be a tough one for sure. So we'll, we'll say I'm going to say we'll we'll beat the Cowboys. We're going to lose to the Ravens, but that's still decent. Then you got the Chargers on the road. You got the Packers at home. You got the 49ers and then the Lions. So not a terrible schedule for the uh, the next six games for the Vikings, but they're going to have to win, you know, at least three of them just to stay relevant in this uh, playoff discussion. Yeah, these next four games are going to be really important for us whether it's, okay, rebuild and miss the playoffs or have a shot to make the playoffs. But I think that it's four really good teams. I would take um, being two and two coming out of those four games and moving on to the, I guess, easier portion of our schedule, um, being five and five. But we'll see what happens, and I'd love it if we go three and one and four and all. Yeah, that would be electric. Um I didn't have anything else NFL related or Vikings related, I should say. NFL related. Uh, they're calling it the Zimmer Bowl tomorrow night, uh, Thursday night football. I should say tonight, um, as this releases Thursday morning. But it's Keenum versus Teddy B tonight on Thursday night football. Uh, it's the Zimmer Bowl. And Stefanski is the head coach for the Browns too. It's yeah, got the Minnesota Vikings footprint all over it. Oh yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see how Keenum plays. Uh, with Stefanski, obviously he was the old coordinator for the Vikings in that magical season, um, twenty eighteen, was it? I think it was. Yeah, anyway, it sounds right. Whatever year it was, uh, that was the duo Keenum 
and Stefanski. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of rekindle that magic that they had in Minnesota. And I would love to see Keenum just go off. He I mean he's such a beauty. He just kind of flying by the seat of his pants type guy. And he just showing up in a backwards hat, walking around, gunslinging, throwing some touchdowns, and uh, hopefully playing well. But we'll get to uh, we'll get to see them tonight. Yeah, no, I'm excited to see Keenum especially, and I always love seeing Bridgewater. Just seems like a great guy, and obviously a fan favorite in Minnesota. But I'm hoping Keenum goes off. Um, it sounds like Baker Mayfield's shoulder injury. Uh, the dislocation of the shoulder is more serious than the week two dislocation, according to uh, Pro Football Doc mm-hmm. on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. So we could see Keenum carving himself a little role here, and I hope he does plays great and earns a spot somewhere else. Because I think, I mean, when he's playing at his, his best game at the top of his level, we've seen it before. He can be a starter in the NFL, and he can be a pretty good starter if he has a line and – other offensive weapons around him. So I'm hoping he goes off tonight and continues with the Brown, the Browns this season. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk wild to wrap things up three and zero now to start the young season. And I know we don't have our elite hockey mind with us tonight. Z Briel, but I was at the game last night, BG, so I can provide a little bit of commentary. Uh, but I have to mention this first Cardinal sin here of any sports fan. We left the game early. And this was not my decision to leave the game early. It was the people that I was with, my brother and and some of his friends, after they scored. So for people who weren't watching the game, uh, it, it was a 5-4 game. And we pulled our goalie with like two minutes and change left in the game. Had a couple nice attacks on their end. Uh, they get a breakaway, end up scoring 6-4, minute and, minute and 20 seconds left place empties out. I mean, not completely, but I would say a good third of the stadium left myself included, unfortunately, um, as you know, after they scored that goal out, we were sitting right there, right next to the, you know, right on that end of the, of the, of the rink, they score the goal. My brother and his friend just take off towards the exit. Uh, so we left the game, unfortunately, uh, but they end up waving the goal off, uh, for an offside penalty. So it's still a five, four game then not six, four, five, four game with minute and 20 seconds left. Wild end up scoring with a minute to go. Joel Erickson-Eck ties the game at five apiece. It goes to overtime. Wild win it, and it's their third come-from-behind win. Place goes bonkers, and, of course, I'm in the parking ramp listening on the radio. Uh, Absolutely furious that (laughs) we did stay for that game. Uh, but, But in really an incredible hockey game, the best hockey game. I've ever been to by far. I mean, the fans in there it was a sold out XL Energy Center. It was the first time, you know, since before the pandemic, 600 and some days ago, uh, that that place was sold out and it was rocking in there. I'll tell you what, it was a playoff energy vibe. I mean, the place was from start to finish, really just chanting and hollering. And at, at a point in the third period when we're down 5 4 with like six minutes left, uh, Wild took a timeout and in that timeout, they play like a pump-up video. The entire stadium stands up, and the place just erupts for the Wild. And like, let's go Wild chance and all this kind of stuff going on. And the Wild end up scoring eventually. It actually was a, it was 5-3 game at that point. The Wild score to make it a 5-4 game, get kind of back into it. Crowds going nuts. And, I mean, just the really the entire night, the energy in there was awesome. 
And really anytime Kaprizov touched the puck, the, like the whole place would just kind of hold their breath. And you could kind of feel the the air just shift in there as soon as Kirill touched the puck because he's so electric out there. Um, and this is a really good wild hockey team. I mean, I'm not a great hockey mind. I don't have a lot of insight, but it was an awesome, awesome game. This is going to be a fun team to watch uh throughout the season. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch some wild regular season games uh, this year because they're they're just a really good hockey team. They're going to be great in this league. They're going to have a chance to win the Cup, in my opinion. And if they can do what they did last night in front of that fan fan base, they're going to have you know a really, really big home field advantage or a home ice advantage, I should say, at XL Energy Center because that place was rocking last night. And if it's like anything like that for the rest of the season, they're going to have a really good chance to win every home game they have. I'm still trying to decide if I'm going to break against my tradition and stray from the norm and watch the Minnesota Wild in the regular season because I'm usually just a Minnesota Wild playoff watcher, and I love watching the Wild in the playoffs. It's awesome. Um, but with the guys we have, Eric Tanek, an exciting young guy who had a hat trick in that game, uh, Kaprizov, obviously, it's it may, be, it may change my opinion this year, especially starting off 3-0. and if we keep winning and um, take charge of our division, it's going to be tough to to not watch this wild team with the young stars that we have. But um, right now I'm, I'm happy where we're at with both the Wolves, obviously just after one game, and the Wild after three. And I'm optimistic for both at the current moment, which might be dangerous. Yeah, that's yeah. The, exactly where they want us. Uh, and that's where we get our heart broken. Uh, but, you know, that's Minnesota sports in a nutshell right there. Uh, wrapping up Minnesota Wild Talk, the fight, and maybe I'm sure you didn't see it, BG. I bet Zach, I saw, if he was watching. I saw, like, the Superman punch. Oh, my heavens. So, first of all, a uh, little backstory. Felino, he, he, I mean, for people who don't watch hockey, he's not, a, like, a great goal scorer or anything like that, but he's just a bruiser, essentially. He's as close to a bruiser as you can have now nowadays in the NHL. And the guy was electric. So they dropped the gloves. He takes a, He took a couple good punches for sure. But I would say Felino won that fight because he landed like well the jump the jump punch was electric and the whole place was was already standing when they were fighting. But like if you could have stood any taller, the entire place like jumped as soon as he did, and it was unbelievable the noise in there. And then as soon as the fight ends, he does like and are you not entertained thing in front of the stands? You know, he like circles the entire arena basically before going back into the locker room. Cause it was two minutes to go in the first period. So he was taking a five minute penalty. So he just skated right into the locker room. Uh, but he, he just does like a little half lap around the arena and the place is just losing its mind going nuts. He's got his helmet off and it was, it was a moment. I'll tell you what, it was an all time moment there. At the X, I mean, as big as you can have, I guess, in game three of a 82 game season, I think it is for or 80 game season. I don't know what hockey is, uh, but it, as big of a moment as you can have in game three uh, of the regular season at home. But it was awesome. I mean, Felino, he scored a goal last night too. I love that guy. He's probably my favorite player on the Wild. And uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the pod, but I caddied for Dean Evison, the coach of the Wild, about a month ago, and. He didn't talk a lot about the Wild, but every once in a while he would say a little thing here and there. But he was just raving about Felino to the guys he was playing with. And I just happened to be walking with him, standing right there listening. And he just loves that guy, loves his 
the teammate that he is, the guy he is in the locker room, and just the presence he provides on the ice is a guy who's willing to stand up for Kirill, who takes a lot of crap from opposing teams, who gets cheap shotted and roughed up all the time because he's a young superstar. And Felino just is doing such a great job of standing up for him and just kind of being the bruiser that we need on this team. And that fight in game one was, or game three, I should say, game one at home for the Wild was that was pretty electric there. And he's got some beautiful lettuce to go along with all of his other attributes. Oh, he's got some nice lettuce. It was flowing, too, when he was skating because his helmet had come off from the fight. So he he was moving down the ice, and his lettuce was just flowing. He, he's losing his mind. The crowd's losing its mind. And it was, it was just an awesome moment. And then as soon as the period ended, like a minute and change later, the entire place is just standing ovation, cheering the wild. And it's a, it was a 2-2 game or maybe a 3-2 game at that point. So we weren't even winning, but it was just an awesome period of hockey, the best hockey game I've ever been to. And again, it was a regular season game. It was the home opener. So it was as good as you can get for a home opener. Uh, that'll do it for me, BG. Any thoughts related to anything? Minnesota sports? Nope. I've got nothing else. Beautiful. Looking forward to watching more and more as we come up on the best time of the year where the four major sports are, I guess it's right now, actually. Yeah, the it's four right major now, baby. sports are back. It's a great time of the year. Looking forward to college basketball getting up and started, but it's just so awesome that uh, on the two days of the week where we don't have football, we've got NHL and we've got basketball to fill it in, and, I mean, and MLB playoffs um, MLB. for those who are into that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's if a great into, time of the year. <laughs> if you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, four wins for your Minnesota sports team since we last recorded. Wolves, Wild, Gophers, and the Vikings. 4-0 this week. Let's keep it going. We'll see you guys all next week. And day after day I'm more confused And I look for the light in the pouring rain You know that's a game I hate to lose And I'm feeling strained Oh, ain't it a shame? Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away won't you take me away, yeah. I'm beginning to think that I'm wasting time. I don't understand the things I do. The world outside looks so unkind. Counting on you to carry me through. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I wanna get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Won't you take me away? My mind is free, you know, melody.
the guitar's coming through to soothe me. Thanks for the joy that you've given me. I want you to know that I believe in your soul. Oh, yeah. Rhythm and rhyme harmony. You help me along. Oh, making me strong. Oh, give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Drift away. Don't, don't, don't. Give me the people. Free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Don't you take me away.